This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 495 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Today we're doing a holiday episode, including year-end questions, and Hillary helps us with a great trainer tip. Merry Christmas, everybody! from Loxahatchee, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Rockford, <laughs> Ontario, and we're really excited to do this episode. You can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn's on it. Glenn's, Glenn's got all us over happy. It. He's my vacation's coming up. You're doing your last uh, live, <laughs> you know, regular episode of the year means I am going this on vacation. It. Yeah, I, like I know 2019 yeah. is coming up, you guys. What? I know. <laughs> I know. Ah. I can't what a year. We just what started 2018, didn't we? I, I kind of feel that way myself. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Whoa, wasn't I just doing this? <laughs> it does go faster the older you get. That old saying is true, by the way. It is true. Yes. Yeah. Take it from true, me. Sure. It's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you guys, we're going to do something different today. We were supposed to do, kind of fell through this year because of scheduling conflicts with a whole bunch of people. But normally this time of year, we do what we call the all hosts episode, where we get a whole bunch of hosts together and we all record a special episode together. We talk about the year and have goof around. We have a drink. Yeah. Have a drink. Multiple, it's our Christmas party, really. Holiday party. It's our staff Christmas party on the radio. <laughs> it's our, it's our <laughs> That's party. right. Well, we attempted it last night and didn't go so well. Uh, several yeah. of the people were delayed, and then Philip kept losing his internet. <laughs> so, and then I was here. I was ready to roll. <laughs> yeah. I had Reese. my blue vine. I was ready for the holiday party. And then my camp going. Jennifer fell asleep by the time we even started. So <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was, it was a bust. So we ended up not doing it. So what we thought we would do is we had listeners submit questions for the hosts to answer, and I thought I would ask you those questions. Love it. So there some like a good idea. Some relate to that's horses. That's why you're the leader. That's right. Yeah. Some that's some and we're going to try and do that on the other shows too, so you get all the answers. It's just going to not be on one show. The other thing too I wanted to mention is uh, coming out as we're recording this a week ahead of when you're hearing it. So out right now on the horses in the morning feed, we've had many requests from listeners to put together all of the songs that people sang for Radiothon over the years. You know, we ha- we have as you guys heard, we have some talented people who write songs about us and the network and we're just good singers too. So we did that. We put two episodes together of the listener songs of Radiothon. So there's two of those, part one and part two. They're on the Horses in the Morning podcast feed. And that's all they are. Do you realize there were almost three hours of them? That's how many songs have been submitted over the years. So you figure an average of two minutes each, there's a lot of them. So it took me a day to put those together. But (laughs) you've been asking for it. You got it. They're there. So if you want to listen to those and get in the holiday spirit and have a chuckle, head over to Horses in the Morning feed and you'll find those episodes. All right. Are you guys ready for your grilling? We think so. Uh, yeah. yeah, we could do this. All right. We are, we're on it. This is the question we always ask first, and it's the hardest question to answer every time. And that is, one of the listeners wanted to know your favorite episode or guest in 2018. I have mine, for sure. Yeah, go ahead. So mine was, a couple weeks ago, Lois Eukins. 
came on. She was the USDF Volunteer of the Year. And I know Lois, I've known her for years, and she's just a lovely person. And I just, I loved hearing her story. You know, I've seen her and known her for years, and I've met her at convention many times. And uh, it was just really cool to hear her story and how she got started in in the horse industry and, and became the judge and, and the kind of influential person she is today. So that was mine. That was an easy one for me. Oh, that's cool. Um, mine was a little while back, and we've been doing this um, book club. And we had we were able to get Christoph Hess, who is sort of a personal inspiration. If anyone's ever seen this guy teach, he just brings such energy and stuff, such positivity to our sport that that was a really uh, you know I was looking when when we were able to get him on, I was excited and and so when he came on, he did not disappoint because he talked about also a little bit his story, how he got involved in being uh, the German educational director, and you know got to read his book and it was wonderful so just to have him on was was really great and yeah it's it is tough for us to get the Europeans on because of time change and scheduling conflicts and and it all sort of came together for his interview and and I really enjoyed that that was a good one so Pam yeah. Stone was on last week and we talked about WEG where does WEG fall for you guys what do you, now that we're a couple months past WEG you know what are your memories of WEG that's a good one. Well, first of all, I mean, I think people know it from from Phil and I, but we're we're Phil, Meredith, and Travis, our group. We're really good friends outside the radio show. So anytime I get to hang out with Phil and Meredith is great. And so it's a little vacation for us. And, and you got uh, to I sleep together too in the bunkhouse. <laughs> we did. We did. That could get that could that could be funny on the, the internet. Bunk actually, together, yeah. that is true. We did, but we all had separate beds. I'm just saying. Literally, Phil and Meredith weren't even in the same bed. <laughs> and they were too small. <laughs> separate beds. That was good. Beds were too small. Yeah, that was so fun. And then obviously to come and hang out with Glenn and Jennifer. I mean, it was a really fun time that we got to all get together which doesn't happen very often actually and the competition was whirlwind that wag was such a whirlwind because of the weather issues i mean it's one of those things that we had planned for such a long time and then when it finally came to like the day of when we were supposed to be flying down and you know to the opening ceremonies of of wag or whatever i mean i you know i was calling glenn i was calling reese i was like we seriously cannot hop on a plane and fly to a to a hurricane and then, and then we sort of switched things around, changed around. We just, and then we went to Kentucky and we drove down. It all ended up being okay. Yeah. But it was just like, it was such a blur. And, we, yeah. you know, and just, we experienced so much and, and just, it was crazy. It was because you guys were there pre-hurricane. So the next week actually was, was a completely different atmosphere. It was complete after the hurricane went through and, you know, we just got some rain and stuff. It was completely different atmosphere. The the atmosphere just changed, you know? So it was so stressful that first week, although you got to see some good competition that you did. Oh, it was amazing. It was the best, best competition I've ever seen. Me too. It was phenomenal. And and we were lucky. We could, we could sit where we wanted. We could go wherever we wanted, uh, which was really, (laughs) Really media cool. passes help. <laughs> they yeah. help. Those help media, a lot. So, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful <laughs> yeah, that is a perk yeah. for sure. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. Like WEG was, you know, looking back on it, like Phil said, it was very stressful. But it for us, on our side, it was great. You know, but we did. We were able to leave early and <laughs> we didn't stay for the hurricane and, and that kind of stuff. But it was it was quite an adventure for sure. 
All right, now we got a question from Rebecca that has nothing to do with horses, as these questions sometimes don't every year. And this was a good one. What is the first, I'll change it, I'll change hers a little bit. What is the first concert you ever saw? Phil? Oh, this is a funny one, actually, because I was about 10 or 11, and uh, I got to see Vanilla Ice, who at the time was kind of my idol or whatever. But I mean, it was. You saw Vanilla it's, it's Ice at 10 Russia. or 11? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like when he was coming out. That's 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 who was. Had your parents ever heard his music before? <laughs> it's. I mean, it's fairly clean. You know, it wasn't like it's. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. It was. It was cool. It was. You know, being that age and, and yeah, going in, into yeah. a big stadium, we, and so that that's my funny vanilla ice story. Huh. <laughs> what's your favorite? Well, before we go to Reese, what what's the what what's been your favorite concert of all time? Of my oh, it's just so I don't know. I've seen so many. You know who put on a really good show, which I didn't know what to expect. But uh, ACDC, I saw mm-hmm. ACDC, and yeah. they do do this massive, massive, elaborate show. You know yes. that I had not really experienced that um, when I saw them. So that was that was really cool. Cool, Reese. Yeah, Your so my, mine's funny too. My first concert I went to, I think it was fifteen, and I went to Fish. Oh God, there's a name I've really? forever. Yes, I went to fish. <laughs> and I remember telling my mom, I was like, oh, I'm going to go. You know, my friend's got this concert of fish, and my mom had no idea. She's like, oh, that sounds great. Have a good time. <laughs> fish is not. Like, no. <laughs> even now, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, there's so many things happening. I'm not ready for yeah. it. Yeah. You so, know, yeah. sorry, we were just in Vegas, and Fish <laughs> was playing three days in Vegas. <laughs> and uh, we didn't go to the Fish concert, but, like, all the they have to be gold, to the fish old concert. now, aren't they? Well, they were old yeah. then, but let <laughs> yeah. me tell you, I got an education that night. I was I had no idea. <laughs> so I, mean, I didn't know either, but I remember being like, oh, I'm not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. what is happening? Yeah. yeah, that was quite an experience. That was my first concert, which is so funny. It's terrible. It's kind of like Vanilla Ice. I mean, kind of the same, but even worse. They're funny on different levels. Yeah. On different yeah. Le- yeah. <laughs> Mine that I remember, I think we were around 16 or 17 too, uh, and we rented a car. And I don't know how we even did this back then, but I remember renting this huge Cadillac. And we, we it was my friend and I, and we took two girls to see Billy Joel in concert. Oh, nice. At, and it was when he was doing The Piano Man. And he had literally five pianos on the stage at different levels, and he was playing them upside down and every other thing. But we were in the top because we couldn't afford tickets anywhere else, and it was indoors. It was in Philadelphia, and there was so much pot smoke that we all got high because <laughs> we were at the top and all went up. Yeah. I went to fish. I get it. <laughs> and then, oh. and then, I don't know how we did this either, but we had all this booze in the car, and so we were drink. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> we shouldn't. We should. Oh yeah, awfully fun. Yeah. This is not good. It's not good. <laughs> not good. <laughs> Different times. Different times, exactly. We don't recommend this, children. <laughs> Sam asks, what's your favorite horsey book or movie? And or movie. Oh, I got mine. Reese, you got yours? National Velvet. Yes. Okay. Every girl, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, we were talking about it the other night. Karen and I were driving home, and yeah, there's a road uh, that's National Velvet Road, and we were driving. I was like, oh my gosh, that's my favorite movie. Love it. So, <laughs> mine's black beauty i yeah. love black beauty so much and you know it has <clears throat> i'm a, a kind of a sucker for tragedy and it has that <laughs> it has you know, that. 
in, in the middle. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like so, yeah. so like, a lot of my favorite stories are, are are a bit tragic, but I I just I just it's just the best. Yeah, good one. Being told from the horse's you know point of view, I just that's a great great story, great movie. All right, Sandy asks, "What's your favorite holiday food?" I, so, does it have to be food, or can it be beverage? <laughs> you can do food and beverage. <laughs> or you can do both. Whatever you want. Yeah, We're not your show. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I remember when I was training in Germany, my favorite thing to do, and if you ever get a chance to go to the European Christmas markets, they're wonderful. I remember going to the Frankfurt Rolmer, which is the big one in Frankfurt. It's a huge Christmas market, and um, drinking Glühwein which is a warm spiced wine. Um, and you walk around and you hold your cup and it's kind of snowing. It's the only time I like it's snowing. And uh, I just remember it being so fun. And then um, Schollen, German Schollen. It's so good. So I remember fondly, I, I remember Christmas food from being there and it was really a cool time. And uh, if you ever get to go to a Christmas market in Europe, do it. It's awesome. They have stolen uh, too, which is the bread, yes, the so, sweet breads yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah sweet oh, bread so is the best. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. I, I would say that that's probably my favorite too. I, it's like dessert bread. Yeah, oh, it's so put good. those things together. It's so amazing. Soft and yeah. squishy and yeah. The coffee, if you're not drinking glue vine, I mean, you really can't go wrong. It's so good. <laughs> so good. All right, yeah. and it was that be yours too, Phil? Yeah. 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 Okay. Mary says, what is one horse-related thing that you've never done that if you could, you would try next year? If you could. If no, there are no limits on being able to. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I don't really think about that. So I guess it could um, be, you know, trip, vacate, you know, riding horses in the Alps, whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah, I'd do that. That'd be fun. <laughs> um, like, yeah, that would work. Yeah, kind of like, like from the Horse Radio Network, the, the Mongol... Derby, derby idea like yeah. it's kind of like you know it's riding through the riding through the mountains or you know on, on a smaller horse that wouldn't hurt if i fell off or something all the mongol derby yes. horses are small uh, your feet will be dragging around yeah i don't i don't want to do the whole mongol derby but if i could just do a day of just <laughs> riding riding around never seeing a car a person a building you know well, Head Mongolia, was... you can do tours like that. You can do that, Phil. For, for five days, just, you won't see anything but reindeer. So, yeah, <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that requires camping. Yes, it I does. Think I'm out. Because you're out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> um, I would love to drive in a four horse hitch or like a lot of horses, not necessarily <laughs> driving, even just sitting in there. I've driven two, but I think to sit in like one of those carriages that, you know, the Royals sit in, I think that just would be great. Having that driven a fun. four, that was the scariest thing I think I've ever done in my life. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. you had all those reins. I didn't know what went where. Horses were going every place because I'm really telling them <laughs> to go every place. Um, and they were so good about helping me do it. But it was, you know, these were well-trained horses, but it's still four horses. And you're sitting pretty yeah. high up. You know, the one that was the coolest for me, and you would have loved this, Reese, we did the uh, World Percheron Congress in Massachusetts, Wendy and I. And they wanted us to, they brought in eight horse hitch. And they had us get in the driver, beside the driver on the box, what they call the box, the seat up in the big wagon. And so they, we got to drive out and back to the barns with them at a trot 
with eight horses in front. Oh my God, that's incredible feeling. That's you don't wild. realize the power yeah. till you have eight Archerons oh. in front of you. Oh no, I just think <laughs> it'd be so power. cool to like look down and it was see cool. how they move and how they trot. Like, oh, I think that would be Talk cool. about a lot but... of reins in your hands. Try eight. <laughs> that's a lot of Yeah, I'm not sure I necessarily want to drive it. I just wouldn't mind to sit in a pretty dress. Oh, it was and, cool. Like, sit up there. It was cool. Even Wendy, who showed for, you know, who went top yeah. levels at forehand, really liked the Percheron deal. That was fun. Oh, yeah. uh, very cool. Uh, so one more. And Joy wants to know, what's your 2019 goals, personal or horse-related? More serious one. Okay. Well, Don't I mean, we're, we're dressage people, so yeah. we're very oh, goal-oriented, right? Goal-oriented. Phil, you first. But it's all about horse shows. It's Yeah, you know, so... I have a few horses I'm working on and, and uh, it's the time of the year where we're thinking about, you know, what do we want to do next year and all that great stuff. So I've got two youngsters that I'd like to do in third level or the FBI six-year-olds. I hope I can get flying changes on them and all that great stuff. And then we have a special horse in the barn that I'm hoping to be able to take out and in the I2 next year. So yeah, very, very dressage As far as the rest of things, Go, you know, it doesn't matter. As long as I achieve those things, I'll be good for my year. Well, I would, Elon Court is really close to the Grand Prix. So I think we would all like to see him do the Grand Prix this year. That would be great. Do the developing Grand Prix and then by the end of the year, do the big boy Grand Prix. That would be pretty awesome. He's he's close. And then really want on uh, Karen's horse, Leo, uh, to be uh, go to the national championships at second level. And then Big Mike, who you guys have all heard, follow me. He, I'd like him to show third level this year and get the changes and, and be ready to, to really go like a big boy. So big goals this year, but um, looking, forward to, looking forward to them, ready to rock and roll. And all my students you know, also sort of achieve all their goals. That's a, that's a big thing. I know Phil's the same way. We, we do this a lot, goal setting. It's that time of year. And, and to see everybody kind of make their goals and hit their goals are pretty awesome. So... I'm looking forward to that. Very cool. All right, guys, that's the end of these questions. Why don't we go to Kentucky Performance Products, and then Hillary's coming up, isn't she? She yeah. is. She's going to do our total saddle fit tip of the week. So she'll, she has a great one for us. Happy holidays to all the listeners of the Horse Radio Network from your friends at Kentucky Performance Products. Kentucky Performance Products cares about the health of your horses and knows you do, too. May you and your horses and ponies have a very happy and healthy holiday season and a fun equine-filled new year. From all of us at Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Happy holidays, everybody. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Phil, you and I, as everyone knows, are super fans of Total Saddle Fit girths, and it is a great holiday item to get for your family member. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, if you're one of those people like me who is a, a last minute gift giver or gift gift getter i guess I, I give the i give the gifts on time i just i try i tend not to get them until <laughs> now's time bill and now is the time this you. is the reminder now, because on. if you're ordering there. it online if you're not lucky enough like me to have a store nearby that carries them 
then you've got to order it online and you've got to get it before Christmas. So you might have to expedite that, that delivery. Um, cause th- this is the last minute time. So I would just, it's time. just reminding people like me who <laughs> are way behind on all of their gift buying things and it's true. yeah, it's <laughs> getting really stressed out. Total Saddle Fit, Shoulder Relief Girths are fantastic. They're all kinds of price points. You guys know that. Even if you have one of the liners uh, for the Stretch Tech Girths, this is a great time to get a new liner. If you wanted to get, um, they have the nice wool liner. They have uh, a leather liner. Yeah, the neoprene leather. It's a good time to re-up that for Christmas. It's even a good stocking stuffer. So as always, totalsaddlefit.com. Justin will take great care of you. Well, tonight for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, we have our wonderful Hillary Moore Hebert for our last show of the month. Hillary, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. I know. And I'm not going to lie. I'm super excited because I'm going to see you in like a week yes. in Florida. And I can't wait to actually spend some time and, and hang out and geek out in person. Yes. But we've and got... I- I was going to say, I need to tell all of the listeners that, like, I usually am scheduled, but I'm so excited about this topic that I actually reached out to them and said, you have to have me on the show. So I don't know what poor soul got kicked out of this spot, but I'm taking over tonight. Take it over, girl. So so <laughs> go with it. Go with this is more of a tip of the year, but go for it. Yeah. Get us started. Okay. So this is me like becoming total nerd. So in my free time, when I'm not riding at the barn and everything, I just read books about horse stuff. (laughs) So um, Tick Maynard has a book called In the Middle or the Horseman that's really, really interesting. It talks about his experience being a working student for a lot of different top professionals in different disciplines. And there is a moment in the beginning of the book, I haven't finished, so I don't know you know, if he talks about it later or not, but he talks about how when he works at Ingrid Klimka's, the way that she warms the horses up are by stretching them in front, like, you know, stretchy trot in the training level test. And then he talks about how, when he went to David O'Connor's that David doesn't do that. And I don't want to misunderstand because I am not recalling exactly, but he essentially was saying that David doesn't do that with the neck piece, you know, and how he does the rest is more thinking about warming up the hind end and getting the body going. But he didn't really touch upon yet in the book, I think, what the difference is. And I have to say, I have not really thought about the the answer to that, even though I have been in different programs where people do that. Until I was in the barn teaching, we have a mare who's, you know, the cutest little thing. She's a little taller than a pony. No one has any idea what her breeding is, but she's a hunter background and very much built like, you know, what you would picture is sort of a quarter horse type. She's a little bit, but high and has nice movement and she's really cute. But as she goes around, I was looking at her and then as luck would have it, my son was watching a video of a draft going around. And I thought to myself, you know, because this little mare has, you know, she's a pinto. I thought to myself, the two of them are like total opposites. And it's like suddenly this light bulb came on over my head. And I thought about how Lennon Gray takes the dressage whip and bends it a bit. And do you guys know what I'm talking about? Where yes. Yeah, you apply pressure. Yeah, you apply pressure. Yeah, it's a great teaching tool. And it bows it, upwards. And, it, and yeah. 
Yeah, and it represents how a horse is. And now, so I'm going to jump ahead because it represents how a horse's back is lifted when a horse is going correctly through its body. I had always thought about the pressure of hind leg and the front end. And it's like suddenly I thought about it more from the perspective, a lowering of the back end and a coming under of the back end and a lifting and a level lifting in the back. And so what I mean by that is that if you think about David O'Connor, and I'm kind of guessing at this, but you think about the American adventure, most of them are riding thoroughbreds. Their neck is already lower in the grand scheme of that whip going over. And so why I, if I were him, I'd be more inclined to warm up the back end is because if you just do the front end, I think it will just collapse it like a seesaw with too much weight on one side. And it will be even harder than to get the back lower. But I think with Ingrid, because she's riding incredibly bred, warm bloods that are designed to sit for dressage. And I have many in my barn who kind of struggle almost with the reverse where they want to be a little too sitting or kind of, you know, collected like a giraffe. You would see if you picture the giraffe that you would want to stretch their neck down because you don't need to get their butt more underneath them. And so I could see why that would be styles that they would develop. And also it helps that even if the horse conformationally is not necessarily perfect for that. Both of them are such amazing riders. Like who cares? They could probably get, you know, any horse to work in that program, but I could see why you would start out developing in that way. So I just thought it was really interesting because I've always thought to myself two questions. The first is why do people stretch the horse versus other people not in the warm up? The other thing too is why is it that when I stretch my horse in the beginning and then meanwhile I have like some amazing rider who really has a knack for it they get on and do it and something seems to be missing it's that I don't have the ability to get the hind end working the way that they do so I just sort of thought like all these things suddenly making sense yeah well I think this is a big question we all three of us get as trainers right we get this a lot or you go to a clinic and they're like I I stretch my horse when you start and you're thinking Ooh, if you stretch that horse, it's just going to get longer and flatter and not want to be in the bow shape. So I think it's a really important question to ask. And I think it is a hard, it's a hard blanket statement to make, right? Because like with my horses, I have three really, really nicely bred warm bloods uh, that I sh- that I ride every day and I show and, and one, um, and, and I also train with Michael Klimka, right? So he comes from the same uh, set as Ingrid, right? Everything stretches. And I had this conversation with him about one of my horses. And I said, I can't start like that because if I start like that, I'm going to end like that. I can't, I've got to start this particular horse up and shorter. And then the horse actually, he was bred not far from Michael's barn. Um, it's a German horse. That's the way I start him. He needs to start really long and stretching. Uh, and then I can close the bow shape after he stretches. And then the other one's sort of in the middle. He can, he goes in what I would call a half long neck. And then it's the same thing when I see it with a lot of students, we have to, you have to figure out sort of what set, uh, works the best for you, in my opinion. Phil, what do you think? 
Well, I think we had, you know, there's a number of different conversations here because we're talking about confirmation of the horse. Like it's really specific to the horse, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that, um, you know, lots of clinics and, and uh, I do a lot of young horses. Well, I'm sorry, if you have a three-year-old thoroughbred, you're not going to want to stretch in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just going to end up running around the arena, accomplishing not a whole lot, in my opinion. Anyways. Yes. Or a horse that may be tight, you know, extra tight in the neck. And, you you know, you want to spend an, uh, the right amount of warming the horse up. But you've also got to get something done as well. And, uh, you know, I'm more of the school of, um, you know, decide what your horse needs, you know, and figure out with a trainer or eyes on the ground or, you know, something that really works best for the situation. I think probably 70, 80 percent of the time, the, the, the stretching in the beginning is really good for the horse. And especially as you progress your way up through the training and the horses, you know, go from being a little bit wild, three year olds and really spooky and, you know, all this stuff. Um, to, you know, nicely seven-year-olds that are doing third level, I'm, you know, I'm going to do more stretching and especially older horses, I'm going to do more stretching in the beginning, all these different situations that's, is, is really unique. And, and Hillary was talking about confirmational challenges. I, you know, I rode, uh, a Frisian for a great many years. And, um, when he was younger, I stretched him more. And then as he got older, I needed to get the shoulders up. And, you know, there's a little bit of a limited gas tank in, in the Frisian. So if I spent 20 minutes doing that, I would have nothing left for the riding. And believe me, I rode this horse. I got him fit, fit, fit. He went twice a day, you know, all these things. So it's just, but once he was down on his shoulders, it was really difficult to get him, you know, back up to do to do the upper level work. So, you know, it's really trying to think about each horse and, and what works best for them, for them is is my point here. And I think that, you know, the other thing too, and I do this with my Grand Prix horse, is that it could even be saying for two seconds, do I have the hind end and then doing a stretch versus just kind of like that lopey trot I see people do where they kind of are, you know, just like a long rein. It might be that that you just say, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a big proponent of cantering like as soon as you possibly can. And so... I think that instead of starting out, I'm not saying that we need to be off to the races, but I think if you start out, you say, well, maybe if I do a little bit of canter and then I go back to my stretch, you know, in the trot, maybe the active, the hind will be a little more active. And I think, um, you know, it's thinking about that versus where I see people where they're just kind of trotting around on the buckle and they honestly look like they're doing, you know, what I would consider like sort of, different disciplines if that makes sense Um, it just doesn't look very dressage to me and I was always taught you know in your when I was in Germany young horses their frame goes from a longer frame to a shorter frame and a Grand Prix horse or an FEI horse goes from a shorter frame to a longer frame so that's the goal is as you take an FEI horse you start shorter and you want to get them to stretch well, a younger horse, they're already longer, and you want to put them into a shorter frame as your work goes along. So I think yeah. that's also a way to think of that. Yeah. So. yeah. Both both those things make so much sense to me, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, Hillary, because whether it's in a long, stretchy frame or a shorter frame, the horse must work. And, yeah. you know, going around, dragging the, the back end around is not warming up your horse. And, yeah, that's a big pet peeve, and... uh 
you know, and, and I always, all the horses, I always stretch the horses at the end of the ride. Yeah. But in the beginning, yeah. they, it may or may not be possible or necessary or useful. So, uh, but always at the end, they are more active. They should be more active. Yeah, behind. they should be more active. And, and, always, yeah. and then you always often, or often you should be seeing that the stretch is better. If you have a horse that's good at stretching in the beginning, I like to see at the end that the stretch is better. Yes. Because of that bow effect that you get. Yeah. 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 The whole purpose throughout your ride should be getting the back better, getting more activity. And, you know, I always think like the horses, if they, especially in this sort of weather, it gets kind of cold that they're sort of stiff in their movement a little bit in the beginning. But at the end, I should be, you know, at the beginning, you should be applying your leg usually. And at the end, you should yeah. be applying your half halts because that horse is, is, you know, going really flying. Like, you know, then I feel like I've done a good job in my ride. Yeah. The the piece then that I wanted to add to that, it's sort of a tangent, but not at all, is then um, the same little mare I was talking about that is a little bit, you know, built downhill, so to speak. Um, her owner has another horse who is built, you know, more confirmationally ideal for a, you know, dressage. And so, she doesn't struggle so much with having her up and her wither because it's built physically higher than her hind end by a little bit. What I thought was really interesting is I was taking the whip and as I was trying to bow it to illustrate to her why it's really hard that she needs to keep the the withers up on this horse, the first one that she has that's not as uphill, um, the whip then kind of got away from me and pushed out to the side and I thought it was a really interesting illustration that a lot of horses, I think, that are built a little lower in the shoulder or that want to drop down on the shoulder, it to me does make sense that you're going to lose the shoulder out because they're trying to get away from the pressure of coming up over their back. And so if they aren't allowed to be inverted, so to speak, to drop it down with the whip bowing downwards, they're going to try to pop it in or out. And that's why you have a horse that's falling in or out on the shoulder. And so it was interesting because with her littler horse, I have her do this little exercise where we do just the tiniest angle of tail to the wall leg yield and play with that into shoulder in and then back into tail to the wall leg yield to start to control the shoulder. But also the exercise exaggerates pushing that inside hind under as a way to develop that bow, but have her keep an eye on the shoulder so that if she just has her horse really accepting the contact and, and keeping that controlled in front, then if she knows for a fact that the horse is not popping out, then she can start to say, okay, I may not have the perfect feel yet, but here I have a sense that my horse's shoulder is coming up. And I thought that was really interesting because you can do that with the dressage whip where take that bulge or that bowing outwards and bring it back up uh, as if you're mimicking going from shoulder in to tail to the wall leg yield. And you can see how that would give you the feel of controlling that shoulder and bringing the shoulder up again. So I just thought that was interesting because I, it was a coincidence that it kind of popped out and it, you know, was interesting that it helped illustrate what she struggles with. My last point to that, though, is that the horse she has that is easier, she said, well, why don't I have to do this so much with her? I said, because it's easier for her to be bowing over her back to lift her shoulder up, and so it's less of a struggle. 
my, and, you know, to me, that speaks to my whole point right now is that all horses can do dressage, but it's why conformational um, strengths can sometimes help them with certain things and why you may not have to address stuff. So it's not that all horses can't do dressage, it's that you have to understand what they need work on and how to be thinking about that as you do all of the work. Yeah. Yeah. makes total sense. Well, Hillary, as always, thanks for an awesome tip. And uh, how can our listeners find you online? They can find me on Facebook and Twitter and also on um, my website, which is moredressage.com, like my middle name, M-O-O-R-E. Fantastic. Well, we can't wait to see you soon. And I hope you guys have a happy holidays. Great. You too. Well, everybody, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. And I'm just going to say, if you want to send us your goals for 2019, Phil and I will either keep them secret and see if you achieve them or we'll even read them out. We would love that because we love email and Facebook shout outs. And we wish everyone just an amazing 2019 coming up for sure. Um, and as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. The best way to get a hold of me is through Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show this year. And don't forget to check out all of the shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Well, everybody, as always, keep your heels down and your shoulders back. And from Phil and I and Glenn, we want to wish everybody a very, very happy, safe holiday season. And uh, we can't wait to come back in 2019 and bring you some pretty amazing shows then as well. Happy holidays. 